Hey everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Today I want to talk about NVIDIA, ticker symbol NVDA. In today's video, I'm going to give my price target, look at the DCF model for NVIDIA, and give my final thoughts on NVIDIA as an investment. All right, looking at my price target for NVIDIA, I have them at $127 in the next 12 months, indicating about a 35% downside risk here. My DCF calculation for them personally is 105 a share. We'll go over a couple different scenarios in my DCF calculation some of the assumptions, and from an EBITDA multiple perspective, I have them at $95 a share, which is 20 times their EBITDA in 20, um, uh, fiscal year 2027. We'll also cover that in the model. From a risk perspective, I do think that they are trading at a very high price to earnings at around $50 a share. Now they have dropped year to date around 35%, and so that means their price to earning ratio has still come down considerably. I think it was around 80 or 100, I know that's a pretty wide range, but it was still a very high price to earnings ratio and the growth rate is slowing. So with some macroeconomic conditions, I think these drops a little bit are natural, but on a specific thing, specifically looking at NVIDIA, growth rates are starting to slow down. And again, you can't really expect a company of this size to continue to grow at 50 to 60% clips as they've done in the last two years. We'll talk a little bit more about those growth rates a little bit more in the DCF model. So let's move on to that. All right, jumping into my DCF model for NVIDIA. First, I'm going to start off from an optimistic scenario, work into more of my conservative case, which is that 105 I mentioned earlier. So with the assumptions that we're going to about to go over, I have them at 164.52. So with their current growth rate uh, in the last year at 61%, an analyst guiding them at 29% and 17% for 2023 and 2024. Again, they just wrapped up fiscal year 2022 in January. Um, for 2025 through 2027, I have them growing at 15%, 13%, and 10% respectively. Now at the discounted, uh, the discount rate, I'm putting them at 10% over the next five years, and their long-term growth rate in this model is at 7%. I'm gonna tweak this and show you the impact it has on the valuation. Now, their current shallows outstanding is around 2.5 billion, and let's just say that stays the same. Um, from a, a debt perspective, they're positive here. Technically, um, they have about $21.2 billion in cash and cash equivalents and about $17.5 billion in total long-term debt. So pretty good health there on their balance sheet. Um, and so moving a little bit more, oh, and then on the EBITDA multiple side, I have them at 20. So that gets to, to the 95. So Couple of the things that I have here is that the high growth in the last two years has has contributed to a high multiple due to some of the accelerated growth that they weren't experiencing. We'll talk about that in a moment. Big risk is a growth drop in growth, and so that's what we're starting to see as they've already dropped, you know, thirty five percent year to date. Increasing EBITDA and free cash flow margins have both doubled, and that is something again is great to see. But I don't expect that to double or you know increase significantly from where they're at. We'll talk a little bit more of that as well. So the first thing is on the revenue growth side. Um, in 2015 and 2016, they grew at a 13 and 7% clip. Between 2017 and uh, 2019, they grew at 37, 40, and 20% respectively. In 2020, uh, fiscal year 2020, they had a negative growth rate of 6.8%. And the last two years, they grew at 50 and 61% respectively. So you can see that it's a little bit of a roller coaster for them with some lower growth years, followed by some higher growth, lower growth, higher growth. Um, and so what is, it, what is it going to look like moving forward? Well, this next year, it looks like it's going to be a little bit lower based upon their guidance as well as analyst expectations. 
Analysts have them growing at about 17% in 2024, fiscal year 2024, and I have them tapering off from 15, 13, and 10, as we mentioned earlier. Now on the free cash flow margin and EBITDA margin, yeah, again, EBITDA ratio grew from 17% in 2014 all the way up to 41%. For my calculations moving forward, I'm gonna keep that margin around 35% to play a little bit conservative, and I think it is um, pretty high for the industry, and I think it, 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 you know, I think it is a good estimate. On the free cash flow ratio side, they have been growing that quite nicely from 14% all the way up to 30%. The highest they had was in 30, uh, 39% in 2020. Um, in order to remain conservative here, because this has a high impact on your free cash flow, um, you know, uh, your valuation because it impacts the free cash flow, I went ahead that kept that at 27.5% and I uh, ratcheted up a half percent all the way to 30% for uh, fiscal year 2026. So in 2026, they'd be making 30% of the revenue, makes it to free cash flow. So with that, we have all of our assumptions kind of covered. And again, all that gets us to $164.52 a share. Now, again, you could say that maybe we're gonna see a couple dips in the uh, couple lower growth years, followed by some higher growth years in the future. But again, they will be making about $60 billion in, uh, 2027, fiscal year 2027. And so that is pretty high. Um, now, one thing I will say is overall, the industry is growing, um, the industry that they're in. They do have the ability to steal more market share from their competitors, and their competitors have considerably higher revenue. Um, and so it's not out of the question that they could continue to grow at higher rates. It's just a question on if they're going to be able to. Um, and based off of looking at analyst expectations and where they're guiding for the next year, we wouldn't want to be overly uh, optimistic on that and miss the ball. They're already trading at a current, you know, uh, price to earnings above 50. And I believe before that it was somewhere close to getting 80 or 100, which is very, very high. So you got to have high growth rates to support that. And with us starting to see that it's going to drop off for this next year, it's hard to make assumptions that it's going to, you know, jump up you know to 50 or 60 um, from 2024 to 2027 so that's just the thing the assumptions you have to make on the long-term growth rate i'm going to go ahead and change this down to five percent which in for most companies long-term growth rate of five percent i think is pretty high um, so that bring us that brings us down to 105 dollars a share which is what i hinted at in my dcf model on the price target side of where i think is a fair value and would be a attractive price to enter NVIDIA, in my opinion, personally, um, not uh, investing advice. Now, if we did a middle of the road here, that gets us to 127.47, uh, which is where I kind of have my guidance in terms of price target for the next 12 months, as I do think that there is still significant downside for NVIDIA. All right, now for my final thoughts on NVIDIA as an investment. First off, right now at their current share price, I'm not personally putting any money or capital. I'm not currently invested into NVIDIA. I have over the last year or two, I have put money into Intel and been short-term trading that. But right now, I do think overall, there's a little bit of turbulence in the market. But looking specifically at NVIDIA, I do think that they are overpriced based off of where their current growth rate is starting to trend. Now, if we do start to see that reverse, if we start to see them take a greater market share from your Intel's, um, the other competitors in the industry, which again, the total addressable market for them is considerably higher than what revenue is currently at. I do think that they could continue. It is conceivable that they could grow at higher growth clips than what is in the DCF model. 
But based off of where we're projected right now and what analysts look at and what they're projecting themselves at, their price is not supported at $195 a share. I do think, as I mentioned earlier, at $105 a share with their current assumptions that I had in the model, I do think that would be a fair value for the company and it would provide some upside value if they surprised on the growth. So with that, all that being said, right now, not a great time, in my opinion, to buy NVIDIA. In fact, it's not, um, you know, I, you know, if you are owning it, I would be a little bit skeptical here, a little bit worried. Um, but those are my thoughts. What do I know? I'm just a guy on YouTube. If you like this type of content, please consider subscribing. I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. My name is Frank, Frank Finance.